Cybersecurity-related flaws in interconnected medical devices can not only pose a risk to a hospital's data security and privacy, but they can also present a threat to the safety of patients. I'm Marian Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with security researcher Beau Woods of I Am the Calvary, a global grassroots organization that is focused on issues where computer security intersects with public safety and human life. Bo will be discussing efforts underway at his organization to improve the cybersecurity and ultimately the safety of medical devices. So now, Bo, very briefly tell us why I Am the Calvary was started and why medical devices is one of the key areas that the organization is focused on. I Am the Calvary is kind of an initiative that was started a couple of years ago from the security research community, essentially all-volunteer grassroots effort, primarily security researchers, but as we've gone on and as we've kind of expanded our outreach, uh, we've collected other folks who also are collaborating uh, with security researchers. So the initiative started, The kind of the critical realization was that as a society, our dependence on technology is growing faster than our ability to secure it. So where we've traditionally had things like, you know, Windows crashes and you reboot and having all of these data breaches and the really high cost of security controls in the corporate IT world, now we're transplanting that technology and also some of those same risks into the world around us. Uh, medical devices, automobiles, critical infrastructure, you know, aviation, Internet of Things, home devices. And so where the consequences are, lost credit card numbers, maybe a little bit of fraud, or social security numbers get get breached. Those mm-hmm. things are, by and large, replaceable mm-hmm. or inexpensive to clean up. Where you kind of shift the value of the assets to human life, the things you're trying to protect are irreplaceable and extremely expensive or impossible to mm-hmm. recover from. Where we're spending like $80 billion a year in corporate IT to mm-hmm. protect data assets, tiny, tiny fraction of that, uh, is going towards protecting the less replaceable, more impactful assets. So now, Bo, what do you see as the biggest trouble spots for medical devices when it comes to cybersecurity, and what are the biggest risks that those trouble spots present in terms of patient safety? Some of the biggest trouble spots are uh, when you're taking a a medical device that has a computer system in it may run on a platform like uh, Microsoft Windows. It may run on a custom software platform uh, or something else. And you plug it into the local hospital network or the Internet or it connects over 4G mobile network or a wireless Wi-Fi network that is in some way connected to the Internet. You're taking a software platform that has flaws because all software has flaws. Uh, and you're exposing it then to a greater number of potential interactions, which could be hazardous or hostile. Uh, And so uh, that rapid exposure of vulnerable software to a greater number of hostile and hazardous conditions can lead to system failure. All systems fail. There's no system without flaw. But making the best use of that technology uh, in a way that reduces flaws that allows us to reduce the impact from those failures uh, is kind of a key critical component going forward that most medical device makers, most hospitals, most um, you know, the FDA, uh, that everybody's pushing to, to try and reduce uh, the potential uh, incidents 
of patient harm without unduly increasing costs and delaying treatment options. So, Bo, when security flaws are discovered in medical devices, those discoveries are often made by independent researchers. Medical device makers aren't always welcoming to those findings. What can the medical device industry do better in terms of collaborating with independent researchers when it comes to medical device cybersecurity issues and these flaws that get discovered? I think we're uh, at a turning point in the medical device industry where there are a lot of manufacturers who are getting much more crucial and recognizing that these types of flaws exist, that inevitably they will exist as just a product of software engineering. When security researchers, whether independent or working for a company, discover these types of flaws, they have a choice. They usually choose to uh, report that flaw to the medical device maker so that the flaw can be fixed and so that there can be lessons learned from fixing those flaws built back into the software development uh, lifecycle. When researchers are confronted with a hostile reaction from those medical device makers, their natural inclination is to no longer talk about with the manufacturer those flaws. But now the researcher is left in in a quandary. The researcher wants the flaws to get fixed, Uh, or at least wants some type of a countermeasure to be put in place. Uh, Maybe the physicians not to prescribe those treatments or patients to be more informed uh, about their decision-making to opt for the medical device versus uh, a non-medical device treatment. And so they have kind of a moral responsibility uh, on their shoulders to do something about that, to get the flaw fixed in some way, or to at least make the public aware that this flaw exists so that they can make better choices. So medical device makers who are acting in good faith, coming together with the the security researchers, uh, are actually now building facilities to adopt and take in that information and act on it uh, to improve their devices. If no one knows about the flaws uh, except the researchers and any potential adversaries who might be looking for those, then there's an inherent risk posed to, to patients to the medical device companies themselves, uh, exposure for the hospital and the physicians. Uh, so by coming together and collaborating, you solve some of those ecosystem problems uh, a lot better and a lot faster and with a lot less cost than you would otherwise. In terms of collaborative efforts between independent researchers and medical device makers, are there any such efforts underway right now? Any examples? Yes, absolutely. So Philips company, Draeger, uh, as well as Medtronic, all three have places on their website or communications mechanisms by which researchers can report in a non-punitive manner findings that they may have found. So it could be an independent researcher who's looking on their own time. It could be somebody who's in the IT department at a healthcare organization that stumbles across these flaws. It could be a patient who finds a flaw in a medical device and reports it. Those three examples of companies are leading the way, uh, and they're really driving to become a better organizations by collaborating with industry. Uh, the FDA has come out several times now and said that security researchers need to be a part of the ecosystem. They need to be recognized as the willing allies that we are to make devices safer, to make products better, uh, to ensure that adversaries don't have a permanent advantage from flaws remaining in systems, 
but instead that those flaws are fixed, that they're repaired, and that action can be taken to eliminate that type of flaw in future devices. Now, the FDA, as you mentioned, has issued guidance in recent years urging healthcare organizations to include medical devices in their risk assessment of cybersecurity issues, and the FDA has also urged medical device makers to put cybersecurity on the radar screen when they design these products. Anything else that you think the FDA can be doing differently or better to promote or advance cybersecurity of medical devices besides what they've done so far? I think if you look at what the FDA has done in the last two or three years, they've really come out and tried to get to get in front of and take a leadership role in cybersecurity of medical devices where it impacts patient safety, right, the most critical spots. And so where you saw last October the guidance that they issued for the pre-market submissions when medical devices are being approved for sale in the United States. They also held a two-day workshop in Washington, D.C., getting a lot of the stakeholders in the ecosystem together to talk through these problems and to build a, a better understanding, as well as to build a set of collaborative trust relationships that could help push this farther. They've said that they'll also be having some conversations about post-market guidance, so the, the surveillance function that the FDA plays to look at devices deployed in the field uh, and what may be involved in that. So I think that they're, they're doing a lot. They're trying to get out in front of this. And it's one of those where the FDA, because of their position within that ecosystem, can be a great ally to patient safety, to patient care, to improve delivery, to uh, cost reduction, to reducing the need for bolted-on security controls at the hospital level by building in some of these safety capabilities into the devices themselves, into the configurations, into the implementations that hospitals undertake. Do you have any suggestions on what hospitals and other healthcare organizations can be doing to better address cybersecurity concerns of medical devices, perhaps in the procurement process? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's one of the best places for healthcare delivery organizations, hospitals, to be looking at this is when they go to procure a new device, informing the decision makers and, and working with the decision makers within that process, be they physicians, hospital administrators, procurement officers, or whoever, of some of the cybersecurity risk. Talk about why these things are important, why you want to make sure that the software has been vetted, that there's a clear lineage that you know you can depend on it or you have some level of trust that it's been tested robustly. Building these types of things into the procurement process as early as possible uh, allows healthcare organizations to improve their assurance and their trust in the devices that they're buying. And we've already seen several large healthcare organizations, such as Mayo Clinic, using that as a step to reduce their cost of operations because they don't have to layer on extra security after the fact to reduce potential negative interactions so that if some type of a, a vulnerability or flaw in a medical device does become apparent, uh, it doesn't impact their operations. They can get the patients through the system quicker to be able to then look for potential flaws in the medical device because the device has the capability to log and report on its condition, on its status, that could be investigated if there's some kind of a, an adverse uh, reaction to a medical device treatment. So the procurement process really sets the hospital up to be able to do all of those types of things to make sure that they know what level of risk they're taking, to be able to ensure that they're putting the right safeguards around those medical devices 
so that they can't cause undue harm to patients. Finally, Bo, looking ahead to 2016, anything regarding medical devices and cybersecurity that you think that everyone should be watching for next year in terms of maybe regulations, of developments, of advancements? Well, I think the FDA will get out some kind of a draft uh, post-market guidance at some point, whether it comes next year or not. I think a lot more medical device makers will start reaching out to the security community uh, and security researchers where they've been doing it this year less formally. I think they'll start doing it more frequently, more formally. I also think that a lot of the healthcare delivery organizations and hospitals will start more openly talking about what they're doing to protect patient safety, not just HIPAA-regulated re- data. So those are really broad categories of prediction, but uh, without my polished crystal ball, unfortunately, I can't give too much more detail. Thanks, Bo. I've been speaking to researcher Bo Woods. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.